Let me do that first. I'm going to delete some recording real quick. Um, All right. All right. So, um, receive the Holy Spirit. And the right way to go about the Father's, you know, Yeshua, he says, I'm about my Father's business. He knows he had to do something before he left. And if he didn't establish the right way, then how would the Holy Spirit be able to come down? He had established his walk so that we know how to walk. And so we're going to go over these scriptures to look at how we ought to present ourselves before our Father that He may re- that we may receive the Holy Spirit. Because know, we know that he don't cast his, pearl, his pearls among swine. So it's a way that we receive it and how we go about it. And in Proverbs 8 and 7 it says, For my mouth shall speak truth. And wickedness is an abomination to my lips. So what we speak, it, it impacts the body. When we have people within us, we have people outside of us, we have to look and wait in how it speaks and how it impacts everyone because when we look at wickedness, it's easy for our people to stumble at each other based on the things that are said to them. And then we go astray, and it's really about making sure that we look at the things that we're here charged to do. Because it's easy for anybody to think something that's not true or get in contention because how things are said to them. But the truth is the truth. And sometimes speaking your truth is going to hurt people or turn people against you. But it's a way to speak to people and not condemn them. Uh, Deuteronomy 13 and 14. Then you shall inquire and make search and ask diligently and behold if it be true and the thing certain that such abomination is wrought among you. Now, what this is saying, this is like, in Deuteronomy 13, we're talking about prophets. Prophets or men that saying that this is the way of the Most High or anybody bringing to you any false doctrine. You have to make, you have to inquire, ask questions to make sure you make certain of what they're t- telling you about. Ask diligently. Get the full proof of the story. Don't hear some of it and only hear what you want to hear and then quickly judge. We don't want to be rash with our mouth. We want to take time to make sure that this thing is exactly what we're talking about before we bring any law, statute, or judgment in the place of this. So being diligent, being meek, it pays off in the long run because that is your report about what you've done. And so we see the soul sin in Leviticus 5.1. If we hear the voice of swearing, making a vow, if we hear a witness, if we have seen or known of it, and if you do utter it, then he shall bear the iniquity of his iniquity. So we see a soul sin. We see that. We don't say nothing. Then that means that you're going to bear that iniquity. So it's our job to watch. If we see someone saying something, we, we, let's warn each other. Let's, you're a witness to that. So you don't want to uh, be a partaker of their evil deeds of, you know, or something that someone is going to do something that's going to make them go astray. So our job is to let um, our brother or sister know because it's about you know you are your brother's keeper and that's in the body and outside the body if someone doesn't know who are we not to let them know it says or if a soul swear pronouncing with lips to do evil or good whatsoever it be that a man pronounced with an oath if it be hid from him whether he have known of it then he shall be guilty in one of these so even though this is the old covenant we do see that Yeshua pointed us to the law of Moshe, looking at the things that we look at by the Spirit. And by the Spirit, these things that come out of lips, these are the things that we are going into concerning the Spirit. Hold on one second. Excuse me. Okay. So these are the things we are talking about concerning the spirit to do good or to do evil, whatever we say out of our mouths. That is important for us not to be guilty in one of these things. So we see this same thing here. We're going to see the same thing in the new, but it's all about what do we do by the spirit? Not according to law, but by the spirit. And by the spirit, we're going to see the words that come out of your mouth. These things that we do um, take account for. Um, let me see. Matthew 12 is not in here. But I'm going to go ahead and bring this Matthew 12 in here that parallels with this. All right, let's take a look at Matthew 12 here. And so, um, Yeshua was doing a lot talking with the Pharisees. 
especially those that were already that was always trying to catch him with his words. <laughs> so this is very interesting here how um, we we take a look at the spirit, and so we see here. Um, he talks about the generation of vipers, right? How can you, being evil, speak good things? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, right? Now it says, a good man out of good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. An evil man out of evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say to you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by your words, you are justified, and by your words, you shall be condemned. So this right here, this is very important. Same thing he was telling us right here in the Law of Moses. We see the same thing here. Uh, we don't want to be condemned by the words we speak because we have followed a multitude to do evil. And we see that right there in Exodus 23. Be careful of the congregation you surround yourself with. Um, the, a lot of times you see the identity of many people coming together because one is letting many people stray. But, you know, we should never um, come to a place where we speak in a cause and decline the words that were given to us by our Father. He tells us his words. His words are what we're going to be judged by. And he said, um, never let judgment to rest upon another man's words. But let's take a look at here when it talks about um, the mouth. Um, this is in Proverbs. So get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline the words of my mouth. This is what the Most High said. He also said, man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of his mouth. That's what we're looking at here, because our soul, when it comes to righteousness, when it comes to that, the Holy Spirit is given to us according to righteousness, our commitment, our dedication. And we're going to continue to look at this. Let's look at Deuteronomy uh, 31, 28. When we are coming together, he says, Gather unto me the elders of your tribes, your officers, that I may speak these words in their ears, and call heaven and earth to record against them. We have a book according to works, and we have a book of life. And in these things, the things we've done, that is recorded. We have witnesses of giving account for the things we've done. When he says, When you rise up, you should honor the hoary head, honor the face of the old man, fear the most high. When you do this, this is righteousness because there's going to be a time and place you're going to be in the same position. So if you don't do that, the whole nation itself crumbled, and that's how we were cast out of our land because we did not do that. And so there's a, there's a, um, I did something on the honorable man. Um, I could send that out, but it, basically we can go over that as well. We have time later on today. But that is huge. Honoring those that came before you is huge, um, especially those that have hoary head and the honor of the face of the old man. Those people with the gray, white hairs, we don't have this honor. We don't have the fear of the Most High with us. All right. So he's looking for that. Uh, Leviticus 19 and 32. That's that. Psalm 64 and 6. So those that came before us, they should have made diligent searching of those things concerning things not to get into. So they searched out iniquities, things that go wrong, things morally we do wrong. They accomplished a diligent search, both inward thought and every one of them, and the heart is deep. Without going too much into that, we should have those that came before us that way. But if we don't, this is what is required of us. Search out the ways of man. Search out the things that we do to accomplish a diligent search for our heart. Because He's going to judge us according to the intentions of our heart. And if we do not come before him with a righteous heart, then how are we going to be acceptable before him? So he says in Proverbs 10, the lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaketh forwardness. And these are the things that, you know, we have to think about. If people don't allow themselves to see what comes out of their mouth and how they speak and how it is going to be causing discord, then how are we going to please our Father? He says, that which going out of your lips, when you make a, anything, a vow, a promise, any agreement, that which come out of your lips, you shall keep and perform even a free will offering, and according to as you have vowed unto the Most High, which you have promised with your mouth. 
And so these are the things that we want to look at um, because if we make a vow, you know, it's better to be few of words when you say things. It's better to be few, but when you say something, it's all about your report. Your report is what you said you were done and how many times you're going to go back on your word. So this is a spiritual thing because any, any, any chance that we look at ourselves and we say, just as I ask my father to do something that I require him, are we going to be able to do the same thing with one another? What does our report look like? So he asked us in Exodus 23 not to raise up a false report. Uh, not to put your hand with the wicked to be unrighteous witness. A lot of people make promises never coming to, to deliver on their promises. And when it happens, they're disappointed and no one can be trusted. And so we have a bad name. And that's what happens with a lot of people when we come together. I don't believe in that, what you say. Because experiences, experiences of the past, and it looks like that. So in order to be able to die, we have to look at judgment and understand the ways in which we are up for one another. We have to perform, if we say something, we have to perform what our lips speak. It's better not to speak so much when we are not able to perform. We have to still not according to knowledge. Let me hold my tongue. In Proverbs 25, it says, The meek he will guide in judgment, and the meek he will teach his way. And being meek means I, I may not know it all, but at least I am searching out diligently. That's what meek does. It makes a diligent effort of searching, like we have seen earlier. We've seen earlier here about this um this way in which we search out. This is how the meek does things. We don't know, but we're, when you're curious about something, you are trying to find out the right way to go. And you're going to find it out until you figure it out. And when you figure it out, you're going to do it, and then you're a master. And you master it. You have the experience. Now you can teach it. And that's how we are instructed to do this. For the Most High shall be your confidence, and you shall keep your foot from being taken. So, taken in a snare, taken in a trap. A lot of us are taken by other doctrines. And we don't want to have that confidence. He is our confidence. He is our trust. He is our sword, our shield, our buckler, and in him we trust. So, how are we made strong? We increase in knowledge. And that's why I said the wise man is strong, and man of knowledge increases in strength. So, yes, a lot of us have increased in knowledge, but what about in the spirit? In the spirit, in the things we say and how we do, how we treat one another. These are the things we want to look at in terms of increasing spiritually in strength. So in Abram, the father of our faith, by circumcision and uncircumcision. So we see the house of the fathers by both, uncircumcision and circumcision. So he says, for I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, then they shall keep the way of the Most High to do justice and judgment that the Most High will bring unto Abram that he which has spoken of him. And so this is how we want to look at how we are to go about our walk if we're going to go about our Father and do his business. If we don't understand justice and judgment, how do we understand how righteousness is in place? How do we understand that? And so if it's something that, you know, at any time, have any question about anything, we can always go into that because what I've done here is allow us to be able to quickly move through this, but at the same time get what we need to spend more time at. Once we spend more time in a certain area, then we can know exactly what is given to us by way of the Father as the Holy Spirit is a gift given to us. And so in Deuteronomy 10, it says, Now, o Israel, what does the Most High require of you? But to fear him, fear the Most High, to walk in all his ways and to love him and to serve the Most High with all your heart and soul. And so when we do this, this was given to us before the covenant before and the covenant after. Nothing changed. But how do we do that? We're going to be looking at how we please him. And so in Matthew 1, 18 through here, we see that Yeshua, you know, he was given to us. By prophecy, and it says his name shall be Emmanuel, that means the Father, he is with us. 
And so now, to be with us, let's take a look at Matthew about being baptized with the Holy Spirit. We've seen this in John. John the Baptist, we've seen that with him. Um, he says, there's one mightier than I am to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And so let's take a look at John here and um, see what that's about. Because everything we do, it ought to be done according to righteousness, not according to what we think. So in John's days, he was talking about the kingdom of heaven at hand. And we see that by Isaiah, a voice of one crying from the wilderness to prepare the ways of Yeshua to make his path straight. This was already prophesied that one would come from the wilderness. He was already prophesied. But the Pharisees, they overlooked that. Now, he, he talked to us in verse 8. He says, bring forth fruits, meet for repentance. So a lot of times, now, to get the Holy Spirit is not required for you to repent. But what is, it, is, what is required for you? But this is good in terms of making your path straight. Because if we don't make our path straight, and sometimes people may not need repentance if they're devout, they're dedicated to the Most High. So that's why it's not required. Because if man's already straight up his walk before he came into it, he's good. But if man did not, he's going to have to bring forth fruits need for repentance. And so this is a purging process. So if we don't have this in us, then how are we going to please him? And so let's look at the, the rest of this here, 11 through 17. He says, I indeed baptize you with the water unto repentance, but coming after me is coming after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. That's what we want to look at. This right here, whose fan is in his hand, he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather the wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then comes Yeshua from Galilee unto Jordan to be baptized of him. Now John knows this already, and he asked him. I have no need. I have, he says, John, forbid you. Um, I have need to be baptized of you. I am the one that need to be baptized of you, but you come to me. Now Yeshua says, he said to him, suffer it to be so now. Thus it become of us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And so Yeshua was baptized and went up straightway out of the water, and the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of the Father descended on him like a dove, lightning upon him. And a voice from heaven saying, this is my well-beloved son. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So all things that we're looking at and to go into things, you know, on the spiritual realm, what this looks like, you know, John the Baptist knows that he, you know, but at a certain time, he's sending down the Holy Spirit. But it was not to be given until the resurrection. And so that's what we're looking at. The Holy Spirit what does that look like? And we see the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And when we look at the fruits of the Spirit later on, we see these fruits looking like things that are gentle, things that are patient, things that are kind. So these are things for the body to increase in strength. And so we take a look at John. This is John 7, 37. Let's take a look at that. Because how else are we going to believe when we are thirsty, when we are hungry, where are we going to go? He says, in the last day of the great feast, the great day of the feast, Yeshua stood up and cried, if any man be thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. Him, he that believeth on me, the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow living water, rivers of living water. But he spake of the spirit, which they believe on him should receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Yeshua was not yet glorified. So there's certain things that he says are appointed to all men to receive. And this right here is that baptism of the fire, the Holy Spirit that we're looking at. And so out of the belly, out of the belly, you'll receive these living, these, these, uh, these rivers of living water. And this water is of salvation. Because this is how you will not be thirsty. You'll not be looking for anything. You'll have everything sufficient for you to be living for eternity where you won't need to drink or eat anything. So he said he's going to wipe your tears from rain. Let me show you that right here. Tears. Let me see. Eat. Let me see. 
this is in uh, Revelation. And um, uh, let me see. Wipe away, wipe away tears. Wipe away tears. Okay, so right here. It says, For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne, he shall feed them, and they shall lead them to living fountains of water, and the Father shall wipe away their tears from their eyes. And we see here, the Father shall wipe away their tears from their eyes, and it shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying, nor any more pain of the former things are passed away. But let me see here. This here, there's a place right here, you talk about hunger, no need for food. This is, a, this is it right here. And these are the, this is the resurrection here. And so this is all about salvation. And so in Revelation 7, this is where we are. He says, um, there's an elder. There's an elder that was speaking at the time. And um, he says, um, after this, behold, a great multitude, which no man can number of all nations, of all kindreds, of all people, of all tongues. They stood before the throne, before the Lamb, with white robes, with palms in their hands. And he cried a loud voice, saying, Salvation of our Father, which sitteth on the throne and unto the Lamb. And so there were angels standing around about the throne, and the elders of the four beasts, they fell before the throne and their faces, and they worshiped the Father, saying, Hallelujah, bless and glory and wisdom and honor and thanksgiving and honor and power might be to the Father forever and ever. And so one of the elders was saying, Who are these white and white robes? Whence they came, when they came. And then one of them said, you know, if, um, he said to me, these are they which came out of great tribulation. They washed their robes and made them white with the blood of the Lamb. So when we deal with this blood of the Lamb, we're dealing with from the time that you died from yourself, being buried with him in the baptism, in your walk of faith, unto salvation. You're made ready for this time to be appointed unto the resurrection. So you're not going to have no need for anything. So, therefore, they are before the throne of the Father. They serve him day and night in his temple. So, we know our body is a temple. We serve him day and night. That he that sitteth on the throne that shall dwell among them shall hunger no more. You don't need the food, the material things that you need of this world. You don't need that anymore. Neither thirst anymore. Neither the sun, the light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb shall be in the midst of the throne, shall feed them, they shall lead them unto the living fountains of waters, and the Father shall wipe away their tears. From their eyes. So this is what we're looking for because the Holy Spirit is what we need to endure until the end to receive the calling, the resurrection that is required of us for salvation. And that's where a lot of us, we're not relying on the Spirit, we're relying on knowledge. We get knowledge through the Spirit to increase in wisdom and understanding, but also the things by faith we're justified unto salvation. And we have this walk because we've obtained a good report according to what the elders have done. And so that's why he says, what's written in the law, the Psalms, and Moses, we look here. Let's see, 24, 44 here. Let me go right here. What's written in the law, was written in, in, and a lot of times we may look at the law being animal sacrifice, but we can see the law it does correct you when you're wrong. So it's not just animal sacrifice to sacrifices, but when Paul is speaking, it is concerning the sacrifices in certain places. But it's clearly written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning him. But also, we go to here because we're building a foundation, a spiritual house. So Ephesians 2, down here, we see that this is the commonwealth of Israel. This is the covenants, the commonwealth of Israel. We see it here. The uncircumcision and the circumcision made with hands. So wherefore, remember being Gentiles in the past in the flesh, we, didn't, we were aliens. We didn't know anything. We are now his workmanship. We are called, who are called uncircumcision, by which is called circumcision by the flesh, made by hands. So in times past, we were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth, the covenants of promise, having no hope without him in the world. We did thirst. We did hunger. But now we're made near to him. The blood, is, the blood of his crucifixion. We're made nigh to him. So he put off this flesh that we may receive the covenant, the ordinances, to make himself twain, one, a new man, making reconcile both into one body 
uncircumcision, circumcision, and to one body having slain enmity, what is against him, and he talks about peace. This is about peace. We have access through him by one spirit unto the Father. We're no more strangers, foreigners, fellow citizens with saints in the household of the Father. And so the foundation is built upon the apostles and the prophets, Yeshua being himself the chief cornerstone, and, and whom all the buildings fit framely together to grow up into a holy temple of the Most High, and whom you also build it together, the habitation of the Father through the Spirit. Everything we do is by the Spirit. It's by faith. And so that's where we're at with growing, increasing, growing stronger, that we may have no need of the material things in life. And so when we look at John 3, we see Moses, he's lifted up in the wilderness like the serpent. He lifted up the serpent that the people may be healed, but also Yeshua, he must be lifted up. So we have to glorify him. He had to be lifted up on a cross so that we may be glorified in the Father and receive the Holy Spirit. John 8, 28. When we have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am he. And so we look at Je he was, he was talking to the Pharisees. And so they didn't know he was who he was. So they crucified him. How do you say that you are, you know, who you was? But he says, even Abraham rejoiced to see my day. But they didn't get that. They didn't know who he was. They killed him. And so later on in Acts, you say, hey, what must we do to be, um, what must we do, Peter? Repent. Be baptized. They didn't know they crucified um, the Son of the Father. They didn't know that. And so in John 12, we see, he says, he's talking about the door to Zion. Behold, the king cometh, the hour is come, the Son of Man must be glorified. And so this glorification of the Son, yeah, that's what the, that's what the Holy Spirit is all about. Do you glory, do you honor the Father? Do you honor him, who he sent you? He sent you salvation. Do you honor him? And so certain things were done for our understanding that we may honor him. In this whole chapter here, um, not trying to go through it, but um, when we start looking at judgment, the judgment of this world, if we don't have fear and trembling in how we're working out our salvation, we have no knowledge of how we're going to walk. So right here, Yeshua says, Yellow while, while the light is with you. Walk while you have the light. Let darkness come upon you. He that walketh in darkness knoweth whither he goeth. Don't know where you go. So a lot of times we have people being trying to lead other people, but you're in darkness. How do we know you have the light? So we're looking at pointing to him. He just said he's the chief cornerstone. He is the light. The Father is giving us the light through his Son. And anyone not hear the Son will not come to the Father, who is the Father of lights. He says, while you have the light, believe in the light, that you may be children of the light. These things spoke Yeshua, and he departed to hide himself. And though he had done many miracles, um, even though the, the Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, he spake that who have believed our report, to whom the arm, whom hath the arm of the Most High been revealed. And so when we start looking at this, a lot of people are going to be blinded there, and their eyes, their hearts are going to be hardened from the things that they have been indoctrinated with. They don't understand. With their hearts to be converted, that they should be healed. A lot of times when it comes to repent, a lot of people, we have to repent. And so how it's going to be difficult to see the glory of the Father giving you the Holy Spirit if you don't repent for a lot of us. But for those, blessed are those that didn't have that doctrine. So when you become indoctrinated, it's going to be hard for a lot of us to receive it. And that's the thing that a lot of us have, you know, it's like a stumbling stone to the rock of offense to both houses, to Israel and to other people other people that went astray from him and into Israel who believe in him but don't believe everything. And so that's when we see that this belief, a lot of people, we, we see a lot of our people, they become, they want to become chiefs. They want to become over other people because they love the praise of men more than the praise of the Father. So to receive the Holy Spirit, we should be interested in the praise of the Father, not the praise of men. And so, how do we believe in the Father to send him if we're interested in the praise of men? Well, thank you, brother, for giving me. Thank you, thank you. We go to one man and just thank him for everything. They love the praise of men. And so, he says, he come, into a, he come a light into the world, 
that whosoever believe on him should not be in darkness. Now, if any word, any man hear his words and believe not, he judge him not. I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. That's the way we ought to look at it. We're not judging. We, I judge. I, I look at judging the situation, but not judging the person condemning them. He that rejecteth me receiveth not my words, but have one that judgeth him. The word that is spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. So, what use is the debate for? Well, I'm going to go back and forth with you. I, the words that you speak, that's going to judge you. And so, he says, I have not spoken of, my, of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me the commandment which I should say and what I should speak. And that's how we look for being meek, being devout, being faithful to this because it's a commandment with promise of everlasting life. And so um, this is it's a certain way in how we're going to go before him, how we're going to prepare our hearts to follow him. And so in Matthew 19, we look at those who followed him. Let's look at that. Those who followed him and increase in righteousness. They put on strength. Because he's sending it out. You know, um, he says the last day is going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So, yeah, it's to anyone who comes humble before him. He says, um, this is Yeshua, he says, Verily I say unto you, that which followed me in the regeneration of the Son of Man shall sit on the throne of his glory, and you shall also sit upon thrones, judging the twelve tribes. These are talking about the twelve apostles. He says, Everyone that forsaken houses, brothers, sisters, fathers, mother, wife, children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. So this is a path in which few find, few find, because a lot of us, we have attachments to the things we don't let go, whether it's in doctrines, whether it's um, brothers and sisters that we grew up with, our families, our immediate families families by flesh and blood and so you know whatever you do for the kingdom you know if you follow him in the regeneration of the son of man you have that authority whatever you do on earth it shall be given to you but for the apostles they'll be the ones there's 12 of them they'll be the ones to judge the 12 tribes of Israel all right let's take a look at uh, here in Matthew 16 he says if any man come after me let him deny himself and follow me a lot of times we're we're so used to uh, having things done a certain way, and we don't humble ourselves. If I don't humble myself, that's pride. We know pride goes forth to destruction. So if I don't humble myself, then how will I know it's time for me to acknowledge that I was wrong? Oh, we can't have family, the body of Christ. We can't come together as family and body if I don't acknowledge that what I did was wrong. So if I don't do that, then I... I don't deny myself. If I don't deny myself that I was wrong, then how can I increase? So the whole glory of the Father is humility. Humility comes before honor. And we're just here to say, hey, I don't know something, so it's better for me to not say something I'm not sure of. But you see here that, uh, you know, I'm just skimming through this because there's more to come. But this is not the focal point. So when we see here, it says unto Peter, get behind me, Satan. And sometimes with a brother and sister, they come to you. And so this is authority by love that this is done. We have a relationship here. And so sometimes you're just going to have to rebuke someone when they come in the wrong way. And so he knew that it was time for him to be persecuted, to be raised up on the third day. And Peter's trying to prevent him. He says, um, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense unto me. You savor the things that be of the world, not of the Father. To be a man, not of the father. So we don't care about the things of the world. And that's why it says, forsake, you know, you're going to have to do this. The things of the world that do not profit eternal life, you're going to have to forsake it. Okay? So Yeshua says unto his disciples, if any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me into the regeneration of the Son of Man. That's why he said you have to be born again. He was telling that to Nicodemus. He says, whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Okay? Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. And when you find it, that is when you will receive 
that eternal life through the Holy Spirit. Now, for what profit is a man that he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of the Father and with his holy angels. Then shall he reward every man according to his works. That's got to be some faith. So that's why it's commendable for anyone to go and prove out your faith, prove out your walk. That's going to give you what you need for this time of the first resurrection to be gathered together unto the elect, to be before him, before the throne, as we've seen earlier. There shall be some standing here that shall not taste death till the say to see the Son of Man come into his kingdom. Some will be this way. And so that's what we're looking at when we're looking at faith. Some will be, some will not. But some shall not taste death. It's not appointed to all men to die. But Paul did say it's upon all men to die, but you have some will still be living until the time of his coming. And if we look here, we'll continue with uh, Matthew 9. Matthew 9 says, according to your faith, it shall be unto you. It be to you, according to your faith. Okay? And as we see in Luke 17, we have all seen this. The kingdom of the heaven is within you. That is always there. So how you possess your vessel, your body, your body is a temple. And so in 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? So how are we carrying and conducting ourselves for the love of the Father? Because we know that anything against the body could not glorify the Father. So the things that do that are the things that come out of our mouth. The things that we do, it could be lust. So all the things that offend in the temple, in the body, we have to look at those things. That's why he gives us the law of Moses. He gives us that, to look at all the things that we do, that we possibly could do to bring forth sin. And so as we continue here, we're looking at how we keep ourselves, how we keep ourselves from being in the world, being set apart, made holy. So your spirit, you're going to be set apart to worship him. And so when we worship him in spirit and truth, that's what we see here in John 4. In John 4, how we come together to worship him in spirit and truth. So here, we see our fathers, they worship in his mountain. That is Jerusalem, the place where men ought to worship. Now, Yeshua said to this woman, You believe the hour is coming, neither in this mountain nor yet Jerusalem, to worship the Father? You shall worship what you know why. But we worship what we know, for salvation is of the Jews. And we see the Jews, that they came out of Judah. But the hour cometh, and now is, where the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh no such, the Father seeketh such to worship him. But the Father is spirit, and they who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so um, what we're looking at here is how do we come together to worship him in spirit and truth. It's what we do with our souls. It's not according to the traditions of men or anything else. We have the scriptures, we have the testimony, Yeshua, to show us the things that is required of us. And he always tells us, he always tells us there's nothing he can do of himself. But what he sees the Father do, he do. And so if we see these things and we continue in these things, then we shall not lose anything, but we shall be raised up in the last day. And he said this ample amount of times in John 6. And he says also, he says, um, he that is of the Father, hear his words. And why do you not believe me? We see his words are here, but how many do do his words? How many believe his words? Or how many are just quick to follow in the footsteps of others, follow them to, to do evil, or to do other things that doesn't pertain to salvation? So he's always telling us to believe the works, that you may believe, that you may know that the Father is in me and I in him. So when we have the Holy Spirit, we know that he is with us because it's something that we know that this is real. This is something different that we didn't have before. We're not as hungry. We're not thirsty that we had before when we were looking for something to, to learn of him. So, you know, when we look at Luke 2, 49, we're going to see this, this way in which um, um, and um, 
I'm going to actually make sure going forward that um, I'm in a quieter place. But um, I'm trying to bear through this since I'm kind of mo I'm kind of stationary with the computer I'm on. All right. So in Luke 2:49, he says, "How is it that you sought out me? That you sought me? How did you seek me? Uh, while with you, not that I must be about my father's business." And they didn't understand him. And so I'm just gonna go back a little bit so we get a picture of who we're dealing with. And as you see. We're talking, we're dealing with salvation. And that uh, what's prepared for the people is to be a light unto the nations. The glory of your people Israel. And so we start seeing that over time, this is what was taking place in Luke. Because this was given to Yeshua to he how he increased from the time he was a child. And it was a light. He was the light. He is the light that was given to us. And this was by Simeon who was actually talking to him. Let me go back some more. So this was the circumcision. He was circumcised on the eighth day. According to the law of Moses, name Yeshua. And for the purification, according to the law of Moses, should be accomplished. And they brought him to Jerusalem. And so every male, this is written, every male that opens the womb shall be called holy. And to offer a sacrifice according to the law of the Most High, a pair of turtle doves. And this is what happens after the woman is being purified from that. And so this is Simeon. And so this is a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout. Look at that word, that just and devout. That's something that we see here. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and for the Holy Spirit. He was upon him. Look at that there. It was upon him. And it was revealed by to it was revealed unto him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's anointed, the Lord's Christ, the Messiah, Yeshua. And he came by spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the child, Yeshua to do so after him was custom after the law. So when we know by custom what is required of us, we do that by faith, not by you know, someone pressuring you into doing something that, by faith, you don't, you, you haven't proved that. In time, you will prove all things. And so this thing concerning salvation, that's what we're dealing with here later on. And so, as you see Yeshua, he was dealing with other people. But we had left off here. It says, um, they understood not the same which he speak. And he was talking. And as he was talking, he was talking with, um, he was a child. And he was talking with, uh, we see doctors, lawyers, those men that had some understanding. And so, let me go here. So, but anyway, you, you'll see somewhere else. Okay, here we go, doctors. Okay, he's in the midst of doctors, lawyers in other places. But he's sitting in the midst of doctors, hearing him, asking them questions. They heard him, and they were astonished at his understanding and his answers. And so they saw him and were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, um, why has you not thus dealt with us? Behold, your father, we sought, we sought you anyway they're looking for him. But when you start to see this, um, he starts to look at, I'm about my father's business. What's his father's business? To increase in the Holy Spirit's knowledge of that. And so that's what we're looking at here. He increased in wisdom, stature, and got favor with who? Man and with the Most High. That's what we're looking into to receive this Holy Spirit, and that's what we want. This is what this is all about, and being about, about your father's business. Okay, Luke 13, blessed is he that cometh in his name. When we know we come in his name, we glorify him. And for we know our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we see that he is the way, he is the truth. No man comes to the Father but by him. And he also says here, sanctify them with his truth, because your word is the truth. And that's how we live. I am always with you to the end of the world. Holy Spirit, that's how he's with us. At all the ends of the world, you shall be remembered to turn unto him. Let's take a look at this song here. Very interesting. So he says, my praise shall be of you in the great congregation. I pay my vows before them that fear him. The meat shall eat and be satisfied. They praise the Most High that seek him. 
Your heart shall live forever. The ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Most High, and all the kindreds of all nations shall worship before you. For your kingdom is the Most High, and he is governor among the nations. And they that be fat upon the earth shall eat and worship, and they shall go down to the dust and bow before him, and none shall keep alive his own soul. A seed shall serve him. It shall be accounted unto the Most High for a generation. And they shall come and declare righteousness unto the people that shall be born that he hath done this. Praise the Most High. Our hearts is about our hearts living together, living forever. In a great congregation, this is what we do when we come together. How are we ever going to please him and how we worship? And we're not looking to please him. So he says, in them he hath set the tabernacle of the sun. In them. And so when we're looking at the congregation of the saints, he has a body for us to come together in, in them. And so when we're looking at salvation, he tells us that the prophets, they search out diligently for this. But when we talk about the Lamb's wife, we can talk about that more in another time, how they are the elect. They are the saints of the Most High. These are the ones who are going to be teaching you in the congregation to get the glory you need to increase with. Okay. So he says, the heavens have declared the glory of the Father, the ferment in which he showed his handiwork. And are we not to do the same thing? But if we don't seek it out, how do we have knowledge of it? Day unto day, utter speech, night unto night, show of knowledge. Day we increase, we ought to increase. There is no speech nor language where there is no voice heard. The line is going out through all the earth, their words to the end of the world, in them has set the tabernacle on the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of the chamber, rejoicing as a strong man to run a race. His going forth from the end of heaven, his circuit to the ends of it, there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Most High is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony is sure, is sure, making wise and simple. But the statutes of the Most High are right, respect, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Most High is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Most High is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Most High are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter than the honeycomb, sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping of them is a great reward. So by this we know that we know him is a great reward. We all look for that in our concerning our souls for salvation. So in this searching, he's going to give you what you have need of. When you see that your heart is pure, you are looking for him and how you worship him. You made your life a dedication for him. You have set your tabernacle before him, your body, your soul. So he says the kingdom of, of heaven is within you. So we see Yeshua, he came into the world to save sinners. Let's take a look at that. So if we be the bride, the elect, and we're talking about those that became saints or the elect, you're given a charge. And that charge is to go out to do the same thing Yeshua did. If he be the bridegroom, the husbandman, he's coming back for the bride. What is the bride responsible for doing? The saints and the elect to bring up those who are without so that many turn are turned to righteousness. And we'll see that in Daniel 12. But it's in other places we have a charge to go out there and preach the gospel. The gospel is about planting the seed. You have the laborer, <laughs> the vineyard is always there, and you always have the poor. You always have work to do. And it's for all righteousness. Because if you have a talent and you do nothing with that talent, it's going to be accounted for you for righteousness. What have you done with what you have learned, what you've given? And so he says, this is a faithful saying worthy of accept, of acceptation that Christ Yeshua have came into this world to save sinners in whom I'm chief. This is Paul. How be it the cause I obtain mercy that is in me in first Yeshua might shew forth all long suffering for a pattern of them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Okay. How unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise father, be the honor, the glory forever and ever. So Adam, he was already perfect. It was no sin in him. He was immortal. 
this flesh and blood body, it had no sin in it. It had no corruption. But now a second that had to be sent to us that he show us what long suffering we have to endure. That we may see this pattern unto eternal life. And that's the faith that we're looking for. And that's worthy of all acceptation. That's that's worthy. And so he says, um, this is what the faith is all about. But he did acknowledge what he had done in the past. And that's a kind of righteousness. When you can admit you're wrong. And then he says in Acts 9, for I will shew him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Don't think that this walk won't come with suffering. And so as he says, I will instruct you, I will teach you in the way in which you shall go. Let's take a look at that. Because a lot of times we can talk about the word, but we don't talk about what you have to endure. We know that the uh, this trial of your faith is going to have to suffer persecution. And so without persecution, then how do we know that we are his? How do we know that he can trust us with this power, this glory? So he wants to see what we would do, what we do as evil people do. <laughs> if they, if someone does evil to them, they go back and do evil. So he says, bless your enemies. Curse them, bless them that curse you. So let's look at what he's talking about, about being blessed. So blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is a man whom the Most High imputeth not iniquity, wrongdoing, evildoing. Sometimes people got to learn with things that happen to them. In whose spirit there is no guile. He's looking for this. A man that is devout, there is no guile. And if we look at guile, I'm just going to look this up because um, I always believe in uh, making sure that we understand what this is saying here. Because you see Gal in several places, but let me just go ahead and pull this up real quick. Uh, let me see, I'll just go here. Okay. All right, so Gal, Gal, Gal. Innocent, without deception. Well, hold on now, devoid of Gal. Let me, let me, that's Gal list. Let me get Gal. Okay. Sly or cunning intelligence. Okay. Um, craftiness, cunning, deceiving. You know, a lot of our people are sly. They are slick. They do stuff to get you to do stuff that you wouldn't expect. They got schemes. They got deceit. You know, they have things that you didn't know you they, you got tricked into something. Okay. Same thing with people tricking women into the bed to marry them. It's, it's gal. We we don't want to be caught up in nothing like that. Let it not be remembered amongst us. Um, that's not righteous, okay? So we want to keep our, bed, our bones fat. That's how you endure. That's how you live long. Your bones are fat. That's blessed. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my growing all the day long. Your bones wax old when you see something. You don't say nothing. Your truth, you're not strong. You know it's wrong, but you don't see nothing. You're going to grow. That sin is going to lay harvey. It's going to be heavy on you. For day and night my hand was heavy upon me, my moisture turned into the drought of the summer. I acknowledge my sin, my iniquity, have I not hid. Remember when we see something, when you see something and you don't say nothing about it, we see that you still, you sin behind that, right? So it's not good. So we confess that, get that off. You don't want your bones to wax old because you don't want to make trouble with nobody. But the right thing is to do what? Warn them. Warn them of it. But certain people, when you said something to them enough and enough, and they continue to do it, you, you just depart from that. For this shall everyone that is holy pray unto you in a time which they may be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh to him. Okay. You might be hiding. You, you, you are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall compass me about with songs of deliverance. And so in a lot of the Psalms, those are there for our deliverance. And he says, I will teach you, I will instruct you and teach you in a way which you shall go. And I will guide you with my eye. Be not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth may be held with a bit and bridle, lest they come near unto you. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked. But he that trusteth in the Most High, mercy shall come past him about. 
Be glad in the Most High. Rejoice, be righteous. Shout for joy, all you that are upright in heart. That's the vow. That's doing what is required of us. When we don't do what's required of us, we're not looking for righteousness. So it's righteousness in how we carry ourselves to be faithful to the Most High is what we're doing to prepare for the Holy Spirit. And so um, in Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy 6, he says, Fight that good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. And we see the Spirit of the Most High, we see that His Spirit is unto eternal life. That's the only way He's going to be with us until the end of the world. For the love of money, the root of evil, we know we can't trust in the things of this world. They have erred from faith and pierced themselves, pierced themselves through many sorrows. But you, man of, man of the Father, man of the Most High, flee from these things. Follow the righteous, holiness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Where you are also called, you have professed a good profession before many witnesses. I give you charge in the sight of the Father who quickeneth all things before Yeshua, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that you keep the commandment without spot, unrebukable, unto the appearing of our Savior, Yeshua. That's what you want. Make your ministry, make your profession, make your faith unrebukable. So I challenge you to Make your faith unrebukable. That's why I ask everyone to prepare your faith report. Make it unrebukable until his coming. And you do that, you, you just, you, 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 you're getting yourself to be the elect. You can search out all these prophecies all you want. It's good to have fear and knowledge of the times, but this right here is much needful. Because when it gets to those times, it's only certain people that are going to know certain things to get where they need to get to because... Who knows what will be in those times you'll be able to have? Who knows? Who knows how you will learn? Who knows? But everybody is going to be in different positions in the in the latter times. All right. Let's take a look at uh, Galatians five. Galatians five, twenty two, twenty three. And we're looking at the fruits of the spirit here. Um, everything we do is by the spirit. We want to see the spirit. Let us bring forth fruits, meet for repentance. Let us be able to do the things in love and unity that is commanded of us. So let me just go and back this up a little bit in Galatians 5 here. And so um, let's capture a little bit about this um, fruit of the Spirit. To be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. So are we strict and rigid when we can't like make a move? Let somebody condemn us to every little thing? So by faith, we don't work we don't do the works of the flesh. By faith, we don't do these things. We stay far from that. Okay? All this stuff here. Okay? But by the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, it is faith. This is the testimony that we're looking to have as a body to be able to receive what he has have for us. To be walking by the Spirit is to be a leaf in this. You're devoted to doing good things, so you're worthy to receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, you have self-control, there's temperance here, meekness. He says, against this, no such law. Okay, so you are his because you, Christ has crucified the flesh with affliction, with the affections, and with the lusts. If we live by the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Let us not even have that among us. It's not fruitful. It's not good. That's how we're going to end up forsaking the assembly of one another. All right, let's go to the next one here. In 1 Thessalonians 1, 2 through 7, having received the word with much affliction, that's right, and the joy of the Holy Spirit, right? He's going to send you a comfort to take away your affliction, right? You're going to go through things because you have glorified him. When you glorify him, he's going to send it. He's going to give you what you have need of. We give thanks to the Father always for you, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without the ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, the patience of hope unto Yeshua and the sight of the Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election is of the Father, your election being made a saint. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit 
and in much assurance. And you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. That's right. You've seen our good report. You've seen our works. You've seen what we've done. And you become followers of us and of Yeshua, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. And so that you were examples to all that believe in the churches, wherever you are. Wherever you are, you believe. You've seen the works. These are examples. And so the people need examples, and that's how we walk. We walk the examples as it is written. All right. And so he says here in Acts, then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And this example here is uh, this is uh, Paul again. And um, I think it was Apollos. Let me go back here. And we just look at, you know, a lot of people have been baptized, but they're not baptized with the Holy Spirit. And this is part where now we know what it is to receive the Holy Spirit. Now let's look at a lot of us that are in the faith, how um, they have not known of the Holy Spirit. And so this is something that um, a lot of us may have to, you know, whether you have it or not, it's really up to do we understand and believe this. He says, now when the apostles were at Jerusalem, they heard of Samaria, had the word of the Father, sent unto Peter and John, who they came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as he as yet he was fallen upon as of yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they that were baptized in the name of Yeshua. So they laid their hands on them, they they received the Holy Spirit. So at this time no one received the Holy Spirit, only they who had been baptized received. Okay, so we're going to see something new with the Gentiles. We're going to see something new, how they received before they were baptized. Okay, so Simon saw that the laying of the hands of the apostles' hands and the Holy Spirit was given. He offered them money. We're not going to get into that, but no, the Holy Spirit, you don't get it by money. You don't get it by any other thing than a good report. You know, doing what is commanded of you diligently and um, just being devout, being um, faithful, just being faithful and seeking the Most High to uh, bless you, whether it be someone that lay hands on you, whether he give it to you, um, this is what this is all about. Okay? Let's take a look at Acts 19 here. So in Acts 19, we're going to see the laying of hands. Alright? So it came to pass Apollos, who was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper coast of Ephesus, finding certain apostles, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? They said unto him, We have not much heard whether there be any Holy Spirit. And he says unto them, Then unto what were you baptized? What then were you baptized? He says, Unto John's baptism. So a lot of us are being baptized unto repentance, but to receive the Holy Spirit, we're not baptized, right? So John barely was baptized. John barely baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people, but they uh, should believe on him, which should come after him, is on Christ. When they heard that, they were baptized in the name of Yeshua. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about 12. Okay? So these are the things we're looking at concerning the Holy Spirit and how they did prophesy when they received the Holy Spirit. And we see the same thing here. Um, Acts 10. Let's take a look here. Acts 10. These were the Gentiles. This is different. Now we read earlier where Peter said, I've not seen the Holy Spirit be given to anyone unless they were baptized. <laughs> so here, this is different here. So Peter was given a vision. We read this, I believe, uh, last Shabbat. And so in this time, we're just going to go down to the place where... Um, we saw Peter looking at how he was amazed. He's like, oh, my goodness, the Father does not respect the person to whom he would give the Holy Spirit to. So he says, immediately I sent, I sent you that you were well done, you are come, and now we are all here present before the Father to hear all things commanded of you, of the Father. Then Peter opened his mouth, of a truth I perceive that the Father does not respect the persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. 
the word which the Father unto the children of Israel preaching by peace is preaching peace by Yeshua, he is the most high of all. Now the word I say, you know that which published throughout all Judea began at Galilee after the baptism which John preached. Now the Father anointed Yeshua of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who being about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for the Father was with him. So he says here, um, we are all witnesses of things which he did in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree, whom the Father raised up on a third day and shewed him openly. So they're giving the account of the testimony of Yeshua, what did happen to him, and things he did do by the Holy Spirit. He says, not unto all the people, but unto the witnesses chosen before the Father, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. Unto us it was not given to all of them. But he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of the Father to be the judge of the quick and the dead. To give him, to give to him, to give the prophets witness. And through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Now Peter spoke these words, and guess what? Let me see, we were in Acts 10, okay. <laughs> so when Peter spoke these words, guess what? The Holy Spirit fell on him. <laughs> he didn't expect this. Watch this. He didn't expect it. Now they had a circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as Peter, because that on the Gentiles was also poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. Say, like, whoa! So they were not baptized yet. This is something new. For they had for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify the Father. And then Peter said, Can any man forbade them water? meaning they be baptized, that these men should not be baptized, which receive the Holy Spirit as we. And he commanded that they be baptized in the name of Yeshua, and then they pray, and they pray they then prayed they him and tarried certain days. So that's what we're looking at here, um, concerning the Holy Spirit, and that was that. Um, so everything we do is a testimony of how we going before our Father to receive the things that are holy. He's not going to give his what is holy to dogs. He's not going to do that. So if you're guarding yourself, which is your, your body, your tabernacle, your temple, in which the Holy Spirit, you have to prepare yourself for the dwelling of the Spirit. And if you're doing that, then at the right time, you shall receive the Holy Spirit, and you'll be doing things greater than he does in the world. So that's all we're going to have on that. Any questions, anything you want to go into concerning Holy Spirit, anything that we've covered so far.